few years ago, you probably would have found me at the bar all night long ripping shots with my friends. And then I would go home and probably cry until 3 a.m. Today, I practice yoga and I meditate every morning. And this change has really saved my life. Every word I share on this show comes from those days and those nights where I couldn't see five minutes in front of me. Everything was about how much I could do, how much I could accumulate, how good I could look. The Bright Side of the Moon is a show made to help you accept the dark with the light, the intense with the relatively easy, all while still feeling connected to your soul and living from this place. You no longer need to fear the dark because without it, you'll never be able to fully experience the light that lies within. I'm living proof of this. This show is a place for me to share about the things I've learned and the coping skills that have saved my life. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll definitely swear. <laughs> but most of all, we'll connect with the light within. I'm Paige Pitchlar, and this is The Bright Side of the Moon. All right, welcome back to Bright Side of the Moon. This is Paige here. I'm here with my dear friend, Kate Van Horn. And I am so, so excited to have her on. She is like one of my favorite people. And truly, she just like has a gift. And she is a wellness entrepreneur. And she also helps mentor people starting their own businesses, as well as she's recently started a candle company, which looks really cool, which we'll kind of get into, as well as helping people learn how to read tarot. And if you know anything about me, I'm pretty airy fairy. So I'm very new to tarot and I'm super excited to learn more in her course, which has been super fun. So without further ado, hi, Kate, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah. So in your own words, what are you working on like now that you want to talk more about or share more about and where that comes from and how that really helps you feel fulfilled on your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So I feel like in the past, like maybe six months to even close to a year, I've just been trying to figure out a way to balance and like bring together my spiritual practice and the tools that I've created for myself in my own healing and make them feel as real and approachable as I can. I think that when I was first introduced to things like yoga, meditation, tarot, I was in a far different and pretty like, and I know we'll get into it, but a pretty dark place. And I just needed something that felt welcoming and wellness in general and spirituality does not always. So I feel like the more I just speak to these practices with like the most like raw, gritty, real, my, you know, New Jersey comes out (laughs) kind of approach, the more receptive people are and they feel less polarized by it and instead feel like it's something they can actually start to make, you know, a part of their own practices and a part of their own routines. So that's been my primary goal from like a mission and messaging is like, how do I continue to just put these ideas and these in like the case of the candles, products and my tarot course and things like that out there for women who are craving not only the connection, but the realness and the fact that it's not judgmental and it's come as you are and that's completely okay. That's kind of always been my my biggest hurdle and like to get over in wellness personally and then also my goal to promote to others. Right. That's so cool. And I think that you do that so well and so efficiently and even just, you know, from the mentorship program and knowing more about you, like it makes so much sense and it does feel really real because I mean, even for me, I know that we've talked about this, but a lot of times it feels like in the spirituality wellness community, we just talk about like the good. We just talk about like the light. 
And sometimes that's just not the case. And I think you do a really good job of marrying that and making it accessible to people in a way that isn't really off-putting. You know what I mean? Like you have to feel super happy all the time. Like it's okay to experience those lows because that's what can, you know, really bring you to your life purpose in a lot of cases. Really, I agree. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about the candle company because I was just thinking I'm super airy and very anxiety ridden. And I've just been wanting to bring more grounding and that type of energy into my life. And so Kate launched this candle company and there's earth, air, fire, and water. And I definitely need more earth. So tell me a little bit about what's happening and why you started it and where people can even find it. Yeah. So we, I kind of was introduced, I feel weird saying introduced to the elements because obviously I've been surrounded by them my whole life, but in our environment. But my teacher and mentor, Nina, was really great about explaining the differences of the four energies. And when we worked together, she was like, you're so fiery. Like it's, it's overactive to the point where it's, it's now in the shadow side. So each element has its gifts and its shadows. And I'm happy to go through the four. But when you're living from a place of overabundance of one and the others are lacking a bit, it can be not the best. So for me, living in that fire mode at all times, I was really stuck in my ego, becoming highly competitive. I was just essentially listening to way too much Gary V. <laughs> and I remember that. <laughs> hustling and just kind of being very forceful in my approach to particularly my business. But then it started to trickle into other areas too. And I was approaching my personal relationships with more anger. And to be honest, anger, fire, that intensity has always kind of been an energy that I'm more comfortable with than vulnerability or softness, like uh, water element asks of us. But I just felt so burnt out. Like I had never been that exhausted and that like, frazzled, honestly. And I was like, well, now I'm really not living well at all in a wellness industry. And she helped me to understand that by bringing that feminine water practice into my life, which included everything from maybe chilling out on the heated yoga power, you know, core driven classes, and instead just start to move more intuitively on my mat and move more slowly and surrender a bit. We also worked a lot on the tarot practice because that's such a feminine intuitive practice that I was able to like kind of combat all of that fire that was coming from me, that masculine. And I just became really obsessed with them. So it, it started to be, whether I said it or not, everything I created from my business mentorship to the way I started teaching my own yoga classes, it was always rooted in these elements. I would choose an element or decide how I was going to kind of, you know, format these things. And I started to even like share with my friends, the different kind of personalities. Uh, there's a a astrologist, Deborah Silverman, and she has a book called The Missing Element. And she's really great about like dissecting the different like personality types and how you can be like an air person, like you said, and what that person's like. And I started to identify that in my friends and share it. And we had a lot of fun with it. So now like, even when I'm communicating with my friends, I'll say, I'm coming from a really fiery place right now. And they know what I mean. So I just really love the four. I think that it's a concept that we in general, like have strayed from. And I think that there's something really just simple about coming back to just the roots, <laughs> like for lack of a better term. And anyway, so the candles, I decided to create, I wanted a physical product. I wanted to see something from start to finish in the creation of like the branding and all of that. And I met the woman, Jacqueline of Apothin, and that's the company that I 
worked with on these and we just developed these four and the scents are really unique. I wanted, I didn't want anything to be literal because while yes, I wanted the candles to smell and represent those different areas of, you know, our environment and world around us. I really wanted the intention of the candles to be about ritual and practice. So you can actually embody the element in your own physical form because you're carrying it with you at all times. And so I developed like different, you know, practices, breath work, things like that, that I'm sharing in our marketing and messaging to make it clear to people who purchase that like, this isn't just about observing it in your environment, but actually living it and incorporating it into your being. So. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm so excited. And it's so funny you talk about all that. So Kate is my mentor for my business and she's helped me do so many cool things. And so she, you're very, you know, fiery and I am very watery <laughs> and it works really well because we both understand those different elements of ourselves. You know, we can play to our strengths. And even we were talking about this yesterday, like it is so important now more than ever to be able to balance those within us, to be able to create whatever we're trying to create. And being aware is like, step one, obviously, and then finding practices and products like these to make you feel that missing element. And for me, I am super watery, super anxious, just a lot of air. And it feels really nice to ground and I have a hard time doing that. So I'm super excited to try them out. And it's like I said, super important just for the way you live your life to be aware of what your missing element is or where in your life can you balance more. And I love that you're creating physical, tangible products and practices to go along with these. I think it'll help a lot of people. Thank you. Yeah, it's so much fun. I've really enjoyed it. And I think like I, another thing, like on a very different kind of note and direction of why the candles, I, when I started doing the business coaching, I noticed that primarily people like yourself who have like online personal brands wanted to work with me. And I love that. And that's like definitely my wheelhouse and something that I felt super comfortable helping them with. But at some point I started to like ask myself, what if someone came to me and wanted to do a mentorship around getting a product to market or opening a brick and mortar? Those are areas that I haven't tackled personally in my business yet. So I was like, why not collaborate with someone and start to see that? Because I, to be the best coach I could be, I felt like I needed to start to dabble in other industries as well. So, or other facets of wellness. So that was a, another kind of goal of this particular product. And it definitely helped me like build my confidence in that sense of like, oh, I can do many areas of business and therefore I can touch and reach other people through my client work, you know, should they feel called. That's so cool. And you're so good at it. Like seriously, like just even watching you do it is really exciting to me. And you know, you, again, you've offered so much advice in my own brand and seeing this like happen for you is really cool. And I'm just really excited about the product in general for me. And I know for a lot of people listening, can you tell us like a little bit about what's in them? Cause I'm really sketched out about buying candles because I love them, but there's like petroleum and all this stuff that's so bad for the air. So if there's anything that you can share, yeah, let us know. So they are hand ported here in LA. I go over probably about once a month and help the team over there hand pour everything. They are non-GMO soy wax and completely free of preservatives, additives, dyes, lead, petroleum, all of that. So they only use essential and natural oils. So they're just a non-toxic, clean candle. They're also vegan and cruelty-free. There's no beeswax or anything used in the wick, the product as a whole. So it's a really good, clean candle. They burn for 55 hours. So they're, some people will see, they're like a good 
a good size candle, but not like huge, but people will always ask how long they burn for and they, they last a good amount of time. So yeah, that's, that's a little about the uh, actual product. Yeah, I definitely wanted to know more because I, I just am weird about that stuff and that makes me even more excited. <laughs> I wanted to work with Jacqueline. I was like, this yeah. is, and even just holding it, like you just, I was like, this is a great candle. And then to know it was women owned and just like, there's so much attention to detail in there. And it, when I go to their studio, I'm just always amazed by like, her hands literally touch every part of this product from like placing it in the packaging to shipping directly to customers. And I've always known the importance of shopping small and shopping more consciously and being mindful of, you know, the things that go into our products, not only from like an ingredient, but also just labor standpoint, but to see it and to actually be a part of it has been really, really eye-opening. Absolutely. And it's so important now just knowing where things come from and, you know, what you're bringing into your space. So having something so consciously made, cleanly made is huge, especially if you're talking about, you know, starting a spiritual practice and things like that. So speaking of spiritual practice, I'm just thinking of this now because so when we first started working together, I, you know, I do Kundalini every day. I meditate every morning. You know, I just like to be in that ethereal kind of space starting my day. And one of the first things that we kind of worked on too is like, do you need more of like a grounding spiritual practice? Like, do you need something to bring you into your body? And I'm just curious what that looks like for you. How do you find that balance? Because I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like sometimes I am just like way in my head, like the other day when I did Kundalini for a however long, like, you know, I'm just curious if you have any advice for anybody who's trying to, you know, marry the masculine, feminine, or just less ethereal, more in your gut type movement type practice, whatever it is. Yeah, I think find, like try a lot of different things. I used to have a pretty consistent meditation practice in the morning. I've had consistent journaling practices. I feel like I used to get on my mat far more often and it worked at the time, but then it it changed. And I think being able to recognize when something's not working for you anymore is really important and to make that shift. At this point, my practice is pretty much waking up and I do my tarot practice every morning, which can be anywhere from five to like 15 minutes. It's really not long. Sometimes it's just like pulling one card and having it be like 30 seconds, but something I, I notice like, because I'm more of that, like in the case of the elements, earth and fire, I like a physical representation of what my day and my spiritual intention is going to be. So that works for me, that imagery. I'd say later in my day, I try to take time to write at some point. And that's been new. That's a new practice. And by no means am I a writer, but I notice again, like pen on paper or taking my thoughts and my feelings and, and actually like channeling them into words rather than just, I feel like sometimes when I sit there and I meditate and I visualize things, like I, I can go down the slippery slope of, I don't know like how productive I am sometimes. It, it can become more like ruminating. So for me, that's been working for me lately. I do my movement practice. It used to be so intuitive because I wasn't really going to a gym for a long time or going to like a any kind of organized fitness. I would just, I would go to yoga studios, but I'd be sure that they didn't have a mirror, things like that. And that has to do with my experience with an eating disorder and just really taking a very long time before I felt like really secure and and grounded in those types of environments. But now I, I genuinely do. And I work out now more high intensity kind of movement and love to like build strength and feel feel that intensity again and my body missed it and it feels really good to know that I'm safe in moving my body that way and I'm strong and it's more of a celebration. So while I wouldn't consider it my spiritual part of my day, my workout is definitely where I 
I work on like not only body confidence, body celebration, but I'd say like just energy, energy output, working from home and working on so many different projects all the time. It's easy to start to feel the heaviness and the like the a either imposter syndrome or the feeling of, is this enough? And just to get out there and like move in a really intense way lets me just release some of that and no longer have to hold it. Oh, that's so cool. And I love hearing you talk about it because I feel the same way. I mean, I also had issues with food and body image and I, yeah, I used to be at the gym forever, even after I had healed. And then I found yoga and that just feels like better to me. And it's nice to know that, you know, you can feel safe again at some point, you know, and you can listen to your body and see what that needs as a part of your spiritual wellness, whatever it is, practice. Because yeah, for me, I I mainly do yoga now. And yeah, sometimes I need to run like a lot to feel better. And and being okay, be like, it's okay to, you know what I mean? Being okay to say like, I can run, like it's all right. Nothing bad is going to happen. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate you saying that and for sharing all of that. I know that it can be kind of difficult to even put into words, like how that can change you so much. And I think you did a really good job. So tell me a little bit more about your tarot practice. Cause I'm such a noob when it comes to tarot and hearing any basics, anything about how you do it, what you use it for, all of it, throw it at me. (laughs) I use the deck called The Wild Unknown. That was the first deck that I ever really resonated with. And I think it's very important when choosing a deck. There is kind of like a superstition or a theory that your deck should be gifted to you, which I have had gifts before for from different decks. I probably have, I have a collection of them at this point, but I don't believe that. I think if you're seeing the same deck over and over or just really resonating with it. For me, like my teacher, Nina, the same teacher I mentioned about the elements, she had that deck. So I saw it when she gave me a reading and I was like, oh, I love that. And then I went to like a boutique up in New York. I was visiting like a day trip up in New York and I saw it there. And then I was like, okay, this is just clearly something that like is going to find me regardless. So I picked it up and started to just pull a card a day. And that's always my suggestion. 78 cards is a lot to learn, especially when there's a lot of complexity and imagery and symbolism, numerology. I mean, there's just a lot going on. And I think just by pulling one card a day and starting to notice first, like the feeling associated with the card. So when you pull it and you look down at you know, the card you flipped over, what's the initial thought, the initial feeling? I think that it's fun to read about the definitions and the symbolism, but always taking a quiet moment to just look at it and kind of digest it for yourself is key. I actually think if you ever have the goal of being able to read for others, that's very, very important to know because I've been in readings where I'm flipping cards and I do not feel called to say like the true definition of that card. Something else is making sense for me for that person because of the feeling I'm getting, like the sensation in my gut or the way like my chest kind of like tightened up. I can start to know, okay, this makes more sense to say this for them. So I think that that, that development is only like possible if you sit with them and trust yourself first, which is easier said than done. And What I do after I started doing, you know, one card a day and felt more comfortable, at least had seen every card and felt like, okay, I get the basis. I would obviously still use like the guidebook a lot. I started to give readings to just pretty much anyone who would sit down and let me, my friends, my family, my boyfriend at the time, 
everyone. And it was really fun to practice and then start to know what their reactions were to things. So when I flip something over, what are they drawn to? What are they really fearful of? And I think that's the fun practice of learning how to navigate cards like the devil or death with a lot of grace and holding space for them. And really understanding the gifts and shadows of each card so that you can present it in a way that feels, again, approachable and not scary because that's the last thing we need. I think that the connotation and the stigma that tarot readers like, you know, sit in dark alleys in cities and like, or like on the boardwalk at the Santa Monica Pier is just like the reason why so many people shy away from it. And whenever I'm reading for someone new, or maybe if I'm sensing hesitation, I remind them like, this is a conversation starter. This is meant to be a tool to empower you never to make you feel like, you know, you're doomed. <laughs> like there's, I'm not a fortune teller. And I think the minute I tell them, I don't know your future. This is just like a screenshot of the energy surrounding you right now. It feels way easier to like dive in. So that's kind of like my theory around it and, and what I, why I love it so much. I feel like I was pulling the same card over and over again right before it was time to end my long-term relationship and it was the death card. And then I didn't see it for a while after. <laughs> and, you know, they're usually pretty spot on. So there's, they have magic in them for sure. Right. Oh, they totally do. And I, uh, it's funny because you say that and I had a big hesitation around tarot as well, just because I'm so into Oracle cards and just cards in general can feel really helpful and just like the guidance you need when you need it, how you need it. And when they come through and it's that card that you really want to see or or that, you know, is really pertinent to what's going on. It just really makes you feel like less alone. And I think that it's such a healing tool for so many people. And yeah, I'm new to tarot and I'm interested to see how my relationship changes because I did have like a lot of hesitation, you know, like the scary cards and stuff. (laughs) But yeah, I think you do a really good job of explaining how, you know, this is ultimately for your highest good, like everything on earth you know, truly is. It's just about trusting that and being open to whatever really wants to flow through. At least that's what I'm seeing. (laughs) Just people like journal through them, like, Mm -hmm. like time to really like learn them beyond just what someone else has to say about them. You can read, there's so many great resources. And, but that said, like you are your greatest teacher and you know the most. So that's always what guides me. And then, and find what like, what little ritual around it feels comfortable for you. I, it's so geeky and so funny, but I will sit on YouTube and watch tarot readers, like cheesy looking, like setups, like very, like, you're like, what is going on here? Like my roommate will come in and be like, uh, and like seance and there's like 17 decks out. And I just love watching someone else's routine and ritual with it. Like I, I love to see the way they shuffle. I, I like to see the way they interact with the cards. And like, if they see two that are are together, like how do they decipher it and how it differs from what I saw? Like I could just sit there for days. So sometimes <laughs> I do. I was recently sick and I think I sat on YouTube for like the majority of the day watching tarot readers. Oh, I love it. Well, that's such like, it's such your calling and you know, it's helped you heal and you're using it to help other people heal, which is ultimately what we all want to do is something that we like just love. And yeah, even in the course, like just being around it is so cool and so exciting. And you're such a good teacher because, you know, you have a much more expanded, almost conscious view of it, in my opinion. And it's really helpful 
so is it similar to like Oracle cards? Like, do you just think of like a question in your head while you shuffle? Like, I wanted to ask you this anyways. Like, so if you're doing tarot, are you just like thinking of something and then shuffling? And then like, is there a certain spread, like whatever you want to share? Yes. So I think that first off, there's a ton of different spreads and you can create your own as well. I think when you're first starting, keeping it under like four cards is important. Doing anything like a three card spread is pretty, I don't want to use the word basic because it can be super eye opening, but you can find past, present, future, mind, body, soul, anything really. Like you can do two people, you know, you on the right, them on the left, and then the energy surrounding the two of you in the middle, for example. There's a lot of different things you can do, but I notice when I am like asking the question, first off, you need to be mindful of the fact that you can't get super specific. If you want to, I mean, you can, because technically each card has a yes or no definition. And if you want to pull one card and and see what comes out, that feels very like magic eight ball to me. I don't think that that's telling a story. I think that's kind of just like a flip of the coin. So I suggest like, yes, definitely thinking about it. I will have clients sometimes if I'm in person doing a reading for them, especially on retreat, like I'll have them hold the cards after I've shuffled and just before I choose and just guide them through, you know, see yourself in the future, see yourself in the past, like start to have their energy kind of like infused into them. But if you're reading for yourself, I would say, think about the question you have, think about the situation and ask things like, what are the lessons here? What's the next inspired action I can take around this? What's the energy surrounding this? What are some goals? What can I, what can I foresee the obstacles in the future? Things like that. Those are a little bit more, they're still specific enough. Like you've targeted that it's an obstacle, it's a gift, it's a lesson, but you can start to see how it pans out. And, and like I said, I feel like it's so much about the interaction of the cards together and the story they tell that it, it's very hard to just like make it too definitive or yes or no. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, totally. I, um, open-ended for sure. And that's just in general, you know, don't be like, who is like the love of my life? (laughs) Like probably won't happen, (laughs) but yeah. That makes a ton of sense. I mean, I guess it could, I should say it could, but yeah, open-ended for sure. And yeah, I'm super excited to learn more and kind of facilitate my own healing and guidance, which, you know, that it provides for a lot of people. So thank you so much for sharing that. Keep you posted on how my my tarot reading skills develop. (laughs) And and that said, like, yes, you're right. Like we can't just say, I had someone recently ask me, because her and her husband are considering a move and she's very hesitant like to move to a new city and he's feeling very called and it's this push pull. And she's like, I, she just asked if I could pull some cards around it. And I didn't even get super into the nitty gritty of what the definitions of the cards that came out were because it was just like a quick, I just sent her a voice note. And I was like, I see nothing but positivity surrounding this. Like there is light and love in this concept of change. So that's okay. Like there was nothing that came up in the reading that felt scary. If that didn't feel limiting, it didn't feel, it just felt really good. I was like, the cards that are flying out are just all really pure. So that was enough of like a yes, no of yes, I think you should continue to explore this option because it does, it does feel aligned. Right. And like, what a gift, you know what I mean? To be able to have something that makes you feel more aligned, you know, whether that's like, don't do something or think about it more or dive into what that's going to mean for you. And it's such a cool tool and it's magic, which is cool. (laughs) Which is like the coolest part. (laughs) Okay. So shifting gears here, I just want to ask you about 
a time where you were kind of in a darker phase, maybe dark night of the soul is sometimes the phrase that people use, but just a moment in your life where it just felt really discombobulating, sad, whatever it was, but really ended up bringing you closer to alignment, to your purpose, to feeling like you're living the way that you should be. And, you know, on this show, I try to really help people understand that the lows are part of the process. And when you allow them in and receive them, that they can really lead you to some really amazing places. So being able to go there with them can make all the difference. So if you have anything in that kind of realm, please let me know. I'm very interested to hear your answer. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm not even sure, I've definitely spoken about, so I went to treatment for not only anorexia, but later, about four years later, I went to treatment for women's trauma and PTSD. So I did a four-month program that was like all day long with a group of women, and we would go through different like group sessions, and that was definitely the most transformative time of my life, the darkest for sure, the most exhausting in a lot of ways, but also it was work that I had been putting off since I was a child. And if I didn't do, I would still be living in chaos from a place of fear. I would have probably developed a new, I mean, my eating disorder was my coping mechanism for the trauma. And I would have developed something new at that point, God forbid, addiction to something else. We don't know, but I just am so grateful that I did that. However, when you were saying that of like that really dark point, before going to that treatment, I did spend three days in the hospital. Like I went to my therapist and shared how I was feeling, the fact that I was kind of like romanticizing suicide in my head. And it was at that point that she suggested I be, I guess, like admitted and spent 72 hours there. And it was the most like humbling, holy shit thing I'd ever done or experienced. And the reason being, I was in an environment that I couldn't get out of, which is one of like my fears in general. But then on top of that, to know that I had gone through therapy so many times at that point, like I was, I was probably about 23 or no, I was like 22. And I had been in some form of therapy, family therapy, regularly seeing the guidance counselor at school, everything since I was in like third grade. And I was like, how the hell is this still going on? And like, when am I just going to get out of this cycle? You know, I was judging myself a lot, but I also was like, thank God I've seen just how far this can go at this point. And thank God I know that like I have resources and I have a family and I have people who support the hell out of me and are not going to give up on me. And that's when I had to look in the mirror and be like, I have all the tools. I have the things I have the access and like what part of me is just resisting at this point, you know, how much of me is like just not willing to like actually do the work. And that's when I had to go into the PTSD treatment because I knew that I knew that that was the work and the like shadows that I wasn't facing. I would go to my therapist and just talk about like managing my anxiety symptoms. And I would talk about, you know, the things that were frustrating me, but I just refused to go back to that place of when I was a little girl, when that trauma had happened. And I was like, all right, I can either like just go through it or continue to just avoid it and run and run and run and find myself in environments like I am right now in this hospital where like people are hurting and I was absolutely hurting, but I was like, this hurt can go on for a really long time. And this can become something that is a vibration that like extends through my whole life if I want it to. And I was like, no, like I, I just can't. So it was those three days that I really like 
I didn't have access to my phone. I was treated, to be honest, kind of like a child because you're like a threat to yourself. And I felt so disempowered that it actually ended up doing the opposite for me where I was like, I left feeling like, okay, like I absolutely have the ability to face this head on. And it's really my only choice because if I continue to just run, all of a sudden I find myself in these these places and these situations. And I didn't want to define myself. I've said this before, like when I was, I've been sharing my story, I just didn't want to be the girl with a problem anymore. The girl with the mental health stuff, the girl with the anxiety, the girl who's depressed. Like I just knew that I was a lot more than that. I still needed to figure out what that was. I needed to find my voice. I needed to find the, the things in my life that I'm passionate about. Like, like some of the things we talked about here, I didn't, know what they were yet, but I had faith that they existed and that I was a lot more than someone sitting in a hospital room being like checked daily for like bruises, you know, like it was, it was crazy. It was very like, it was very cold in there. And I just was like, I, I just deserve a lot more light than this. Mm -hmm. So that sucked, but it was also like the best thing. And I look back and I was kind of pissed at the time. I mean, I was a very like, I was a pretty... I guess I'm just going to say bitchy, like teenager and young adult. Like I was very, I was very like angsty and I was quick to, there was that fire in me. I was quick to like blame everyone else and deflect and like, I'm the victim. Everyone else is doing this to me. And I was, because I was hurting and hurt people, hurt people. And I would blame my parents and I'd be like, how dare you like take me to this hospital? Meanwhile, my, my parents are just looking out for me. They're just being told by a professional that I am a threat to myself and they're going to do whatever it takes. And I was so mad, (laughs) but then I now look back, I'm like, thank God my parents did that to me. And we're like, here, you say that you feel this way, we're going to take the necessary actions. Because I think that that's one of the greatest problems in recovering and facing mental health issues is like, there's so many, especially, you know, teenagers, people in college, young adults, like they don't have the support of families to take them seriously. And we're crying for help. And it's kind of just, it can be super isolating because They're like, oh, this is very stigmatized. This is weird to talk about in our family. And then it's not addressed. And it just keeps, it's a snowball effect. And it keeps manifesting. And I'm so fortunate that my parents are very, very open and receptive to these topics and these, the fact that it's real and they address it head on. And yeah, I just, I thank my family a lot for that. Right. Absolutely. No, that is so, thank you so much for sharing. Cause I totally, totally get it. I know what that feels like to just not know what, to do and to be thinking that there's only one way out. And it's so interesting because at least for me, like when I had that experience, I came out and I was like, okay, so I almost died. So I'm still here and I'll be damned if I don't do the things that I want to do with my life. You know what I mean? That I feel that I came here to do. And I feel like when you go through that experience, you're just not the same as everybody else. You know, like I'm not saying like nobody's like that, but just sometimes the way that people are living just doesn't resonate with you anymore. And I don't know if that rings true for you as well, but I had, you know, a similar experience, not the same, obviously, but it really did open my eyes to what I wanted from my life. And I was very fortunate to have my family and to have them help me. But I just think that, you know, you've created so many cool things and so many things that have helped people. And sometimes, you know, you have to get to those points for those to come out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one thing we talked about when 
we first connected, like before we started officially working together. But I remember saying to you something along the lines of, and I've said it to a few women who are like really excited about and have a goal that they want to work towards, but something's blocking them. I'm like, you have done so much harder than this, than launching a podcast, than, you know, putting your workshop together. I mean, it is like, I think about that every time I get really bogged down by like my goals and the things that I'm trying to create. I remember if I can fight anorexia and extreme PTSD symptoms, I think I can get this under control. (laughs) Like, yeah, it feels good. It feels good to be like, you know what? I've done a lot harder than this. Right. It's, It's, we don't pat ourselves on the back enough for like the journeys and the things that we've walked through and pain is pain too. I try to remind people like your experience might not feel like mine, but I can't relate to yours. And all I know is you felt pain and that's enough. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, I think a lot of times people will hear sometimes like the more of the details of my trauma and they'll, they'll be like, holy shit, I, I don't even, can't even imagine. I'm like, well, trust me, there are things that you've seen and walked through that I could not even relate to. And that's the beauty of our human experience is like, that's what's shaping us. That's what's guiding us. But the energy surrounding it of I felt pain and I deserve to not is universal. That's just like our birthright, you know, to feel good in our bodies and in our brains and in our minds and in our heart. And that's really what it's about. And I think just having a lot more compassion for rather than comparing like, or not feeling like you live up to someone else's, whether it's their successes or their, their lows, we got to cut that. And we have to stop comparing it and be like, you know what, I hear you. And I feel for you. And that's what matters. Right. Pain is pain is pain is pain. It's the truth. (laughs) And uh, I know the comparison is really messed up. And I think when you compare, you miss the unique lesson that you came here to learn. You know what I mean? And I think that seeing it and never trivializing it and not saying, well, it's not as bad as somebody else, you know, then you don't miss the point. You can actually go there with it and be like, okay, what is this trying to help me do? Maybe that's to become the person I am or become the happiest version of myself, like whatever it is, just trusting that all of it is for your highest good in the weird twisted way that sometimes it happens. And I seriously just can't commend you enough. And it's the truth. It's like, sometimes I have to remind myself, like, you know, I chose to keep living and that's enough. Like that's enough. Like no matter what I do from now on, it's enough because, you know, I'm still here. And I really appreciate you saying all that. I really appreciate you just sharing and being so open and such an inspiration, not like the lame way, but really just like helping people understand that it's like, it's okay to get there and to get back up and to learn from it. And oftentimes it can lead you to your deepest calling your deepest purpose. And I think that you're living proof of that for sure. Thank you so much, Paige, as are you. Of course. (laughs) Thanks. Well, that's all that we have for today. Thank you so much for coming on, Kate. Seriously, you are just so fun to talk to. I could talk to you for another like three hours. So thank you again. You can find Kate on Instagram and I will link all of her information in the show notes, the candles, her Instagram, the website, everything. So if you have any questions on any of those things, you can find them there. All right. Thanks, Kate. I'll talk to you soon.